coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Are you ready to go back to time? Inkopolis? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you this week. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Splatoon 3's fresh season launching. And then on Thursday, we are casting the Triforce with different Nintendo characters. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. I uh, Okay, so this cold open comes from a part, the like very beginning of Titanic. Sure. Which I did not remember... But but I pitched you, it to you, and you were a good sport. No, 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 no. I, what I was going to say is that, like, uh, what made it stand out in your mind? Like, how how do you... This is a terrible yeah, yeah, question, yeah. because yeah. it's like, where do your ideas... Like, where right. do your yes. ideas come mm-hmm. from? But what... Because we were talking about, like, Inkopolis, like, Splatoon 3. And so, right. did, is this, like, a line that you have re- talked about before that I've talked. I don't think so. <laughs> like how no, did but, this line like, come to your mind? Okay. So like, are you, are you ready to go back to Titanic? Uh-huh. And when I pitched it to you, I said, return to Titanic. Cause I, I had it mixed up in my head. I, I believe that's been used to advertise it. Like, Oh, that makes a ton of probably sense. even right now. Right. right. When they did like the 3d re-release and... right, or even when they brought it back to theaters, like after Phantom Menace came out. Cause they were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> The new Star Wars isn't going to beat Titanic at the box office. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're right. I bet it was used. I bet it was used everywhere. But the reason it stands out to me so much and will now forever be in my mind is because it really bugs me how he doesn't say, are you ready to go back to the Titanic? He just says, right. are you ready to go back right. to Titanic? Well, it seems so weird to me. I think he was just setting up future ad campaigns because <laughs> the name of the movie is definitely just Titanic and not the Titanic. Or maybe it's one of those like magic of the movies, how like nobody answers telephones by saying hello or like by right. saying, okay, right. I'm hanging up. Goodbye. You know, people just answer their phones and hang up their phones. Maybe it's the same sort of thing where it's like it just sounded better without the Right. Well, just like he never says, play it again, Sam. Like, Darth Vader doesn't say, no, I am your father. Like, No, that's exactly what he says. He doesn't say, Luke, I am your father. Oh, yeah. That's, sorry. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. Thank you. But, yeah, so maybe it is a Magic of the Movies thing. Um, but also, maybe it's like a... Uh... Maybe it's like a, a a SoCal versus the rest of the country thing. Oh, that like, sure. We call it the five. <laughs> yes. And so we, so I, like yes. a like yes. a West Coast dummy, would call it the Titanic. That's right. But East Coast elites who are actually on Titanic. That's right. Would not just call it the, Titanic. Yes, exactly. I bet you're right. Mark Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood is opening. Has opened. Yeah, it's open. It is currently open. But we have not been there yet. But we will. Mark, I have been to the studio store on City Walk, dun, and I dun, got dun, you. Dun. Oh my goodness! Your power band, your Yoshi power band. I just handed it to Mark. Surprised him with it. Uh, yeah, I had no <laughs> idea this was. This is very exciting. Also, this thing is enormous. They're really big. <laughs> they're really big, but they're cute. Uh, Mark, Mark got the Yoshi one. I got Mario. Sarah's uh, Toad, and our special guest um, for the episode where we're going to talk about it uh, has selected Peach. Um, 
but yeah, so this is uh this it's real now. We have power bands. This is awesome. Uh, thank you so much for picking this up ahead of time. We are going to be there this coming Sunday, February 26th. Like we've mentioned before, um, we're not doing, just because it was short notice, we're not doing like a formal meetup. But if you happen to be going to Universal Studios, Hollywood on the 26th, we would love to meet up and hang out with you. Yep. So, um, so just hit us up on the Discord. Let us know that you're going to be there and uh, we'll connect. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll try to get on that uh, Mario Kart ride. Uh, who knows what the... So we had to go to City Walk, which is like the uh, like mall outside of the uh, the theme park, um, to to get these. Um, and so we are close enough to like check in on the the length of the lines. Um, and the line for the Mario Kart ride when we were there at like seven p.m., um, which is cl- so close to park closing time, uh, was like a hundred minutes. So I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a zoo there. I think there's a good chance. It was President's Day weekend, so maybe it's when we true. go next week, it won't be as bad. It's also supposed to be, like, really cold. It's supposed to be really uh, cold. L.A. cold. L.A. Yes, cold. Yes, but L.A. Really, cold. Uh-huh. Um, L.A. cold is different from regular cold, though. <laughs> this is another thing where we're just calling it the 405. You know? Exactly. Yep. Um, so anyway, if you're around, let us know. Um, Mark, we have launched a Patreon where we are doing... Uh, cool episodes about uh, murder mystery shows um, that we're watching. It's part of the NCS Detective Club, uh, which is a, a, a bonus thing that we're doing if you subscribe at the 8 or $16 levels. We've got a bunch of other uh, rewards. You can check them all out at uh, patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society. That's right. And uh, one thing that hasn't changed with the Patreon launching is that our Discord is still free, still open to everybody, and mm-hmm. we would love for you to join uh, always some great discussion in there about the latest Nintendo news. Um, so, yeah, hit us up on Twitter. Send us an email. Let you us can, know yeah. one way or the other. Email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Com, and we will send you uh, an invite. And you can get in there and have fun conversations. Mark, let's, uh, let's, let's get into what we've been playing this week. You give me one extra sound cue to play, and it just, like, throws me off completely. I'm like, what do I do? Uh, Tetris 99 ticket update. I now have 597 tickets. I think the theme music. I think it is. Uh-huh. I'm going to clip that out, and I'm going <laughs> to add yet another sound cue for, for, for me to play. Um, but, yeah, almost crossing that 600 barrier. Oh, so close. Some people said that I'd never cross the 600 barrier. <laughs> But here we are. They, I, We're wow. on the eve of me accomplishing that. Truly, if 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 those people are listening to the show, truly shamed they must be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> well, I continue to play Metroid Prime Remastered. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still really, really loving it. Still think it's a great game. I had for so I'm at the point where I have no sense of how far I am into this game. Yes. Um. So I recently got the gravity suit, so I can like uh go underwater and really easily, and you can hear George Clooney's voice in your head. I don't. Sorry, this is a reference to the movie Gravity. <laughs> oh, I've, I've never seen it. You never seen Gravity? I didn't see it. So, oh. gra- I like because I feel like it was one of those movies that I need to see in theaters, and then I didn't then see it in theaters, see it in theaters. And so now it's just like. I, I've never, I don't know how to experience it. Right, and you don't remember this line from Titanic? <laughs> Maybe this is a me problem. <laughs> um, so, I... You have the gravity suit. I'm I have, sorry I have the I have the gravity suit, but um, I had forgotten that 
like they're starping all these space pirates with jetpacks mm-hmm. that are flying around all the time and these like chozo ghost enemies that uh-huh. are also really annoying um and so th- i've reached a point where and maybe there are shortcuts i should be taking but it feels like i have to do a fair amount of backtracking and fight the same guys every time and because you like walk into a room and before there were just like regular enemies there but now because you're further along in the game they're like hey here's some space pirates with jetpacks here's some ghost chozo that are just kind of like a little bit annoying to fight that means, and plus the backtracking, which again, maybe I don't have to do. Maybe there are like shortcuts that I should be taking, uh-huh. but I just don't know where they are, or I don't know the world map enough well enough. That being said, still really, really enjoying the game. Have have no sense of how far I am. Okay, okay. Um, I'm 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 getting like itchy to get to it because I, I still haven't started it yet. It is on my Switch, my my new Switch uh, o- o- OLED edition, OLED version. My new switch, um, and uh, but I, I'm just like I've had su- such little, like precious little time to play games lately, uh, and it's either going into daily Tetris ninety nine sessions uh, or when I have more time, Fire Emblem Engage, and I just not that I'm not enjoying Fire Emblem Engage because I very much am, um, but like I'm itching to get to Metroid Prime. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's just it's really really good. Yeah, it's really good. Um. I don't really have too much more to report on uh, Fire Emblem Engage other than I'm continuing to play it. Um, last night, uh, I was going into Chapter 10, um, which appears to be like a showdown between kings. And one king is going to be sacrificed to like bring back a, uh, a dragon. Um, that's vague enough to not really be spoilery, right? Yeah, that's fine. Um, but so I was about to go into Chapter 10, and it was like, well, hold on a minute. Um, before you go in here, you need to know there's going to be a couple battles before you can go back to the Somnial and like... Oh. Uh, and so, like, whenever a game throws up a warning like that, I'm like, oh, geez, like, this is going to be a big deal. Uh, and so I didn't go into it. I, like, went and did some, like, paralogs and, like, messed around at the Somniel for a while. And so, like, I had sat down yesterday to, like, play Fire Emblem Engage and, like, make some progress in the story. And I r- roundly didn't, you know, <laughs> uh, because the game, like, warned me that, like, this is going to be too intense. And I know when I go in there. Then I'm just gonna like roll over it now because I'm because was it like a level, level warning? Was it like no. oh oh no? It was just saying um, this chapter contains multiple battles, um, so like it'll be a while, and you can't go to the Somnial and you can't like restock with weapons or items or whatever between battles. Got it. So like you need to be ready before Ooh, you. It start sounds like this such fight. a turning point in the story. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm very. Uh, I, I, I'm very interested to do it, but I'm also like I want I want to be ready, and I'm certain that I am over ready at this point. Um, but so maybe I'll just go in and buy a bunch of uh, uh, new weapons and items, and then like march on in there uh, and just wreck shop. Who are your? And probably at this point, you've met so are, many more characters. Who than are my I guys? Ever, yeah, who are your guys? <laughs> who are you rolling with? Uh, well, so um, Mark, early on, we both bonded over our shared boyfriend Bucheron. Yes, that's right. Um, and uh, he remains like one of my like cornerstones of every army that I go in with. Uh, he's a muscly dude whose head is too small uh, and carries a giant axe, and I love him. Um, uh, I'm also rolling deep with uh, Eddie, who is my um, archer. Um, there's also a like little, um, a meek little prince guy whose name I don't remember, uh, who is also an archer. He's like deferential to a fault, uh, and I don't. In Fire Emblem games, I'm usually happy to just have one archer um, in in my in my party, but I'm rolling with two right now, and it feels great. 
Um, and I, I, I know I've, I've praised the, uh, the emblem system a bunch, but it's cool how different you can make the characters feel by uh, pairing them with different emblems. They have like different special abilities that they can pull out at a moment's notice. Um, so uh, yeah, it's been cool to like experiment with them and, and see like how to actually make them good. Um, let's see uh, who else am I? I mean, I'm, I'm using Alfred a lot. He's like a prince that you meet early on. Who's a, a mounted um, a warrior uh, has, has a spear and, you know, rides a horse. Um, and I have him teamed up with the, uh, the um, Sigurd uh, emblem. So he can uh, use that to extend his, his range of uh, motion, his, his, his movement. And since he's already a mounted character, he can like fly all the way across oh, the wow. map. It feels great. Um, so th- those are like my, my big mains. I still keep using those two kids, the two annoying oh, kids. Uh-huh. Um, they uh, remain the worst vocal performances <laughs> in the game. Um, but they're just valuable characters. They're just useful characters. Um, so, uh, so yeah, they, 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 they get a lot of action before you ask Connor is doing great. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> he's, he's fine. Still rocking those cool shades. I don't think I'm ever going to change his clothes, uh, or which is just a, a little bow on his butt. Um, and a black bandana and, and uh, a pair of like aviator sunglasses. Love it. Um, all right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. On Wednesday, February 22nd, a rare Wednesday release from Nintendo, Metroid Prime Remastered is released at retail, so you can pick up physical copies. Mm -hmm. And that is, I mean, this is another, like, uh, rare Wednesday release for Nintendo, but also a rare uh, physical release after a digital uh, drop of the game. Like, that, not something they commonly do. Yeah, and it must have only been because they really wanted to keep it a secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and so I mean, but, like these like pipelines have to like exist and i guess uh metroid prime remaster was the worst kept secret in in video games right um but like the pipelines are such that like were they just like holding on to them and just like just waiting to ship them until they announced it yeah they must have been were they already in transit or like the the stores probably already knew they were coming. I don't right? think like, so. I don't think so because I don't think I don't really think it was the worst kept secret. There were like rumblings that something sure. yeah, yeah. Metroid, but like the fact that it was real and that it was releasing the day of the direct, like right. No one was saying that. Yeah. So I I think my guess is that they they're like they were prepped and ready to go, but not actually like sent out until um the announcement yeah well i just like it, it's just weird because like marketing uh tales are so long that like and stores know what they're getting so far in advance and like plan for and you know maybe just that the retail environment has changed so much that this doesn't matter anymore um but like it feels like you couldn't have done this 10 years ago yeah right? like I'm, yeah gamestop would have been like what are you talking about we need to like need to send like those decals so we can put them <laughs> up on the window i mean right <laughs> Also, I guess Metro Prime Remastered is, like, a minor enough release that it's probably not, like, that big of a deal. But still, uh, and do you think it's a Wednesday release to be two weeks after? Two weeks after the Direct. So that's, like, just as fast as they can do it. Yeah, maybe. uh, We can release it, and then two weeks later. I wonder if there is actually, like, the opposite um, thing where it's, like, if they want to stay good by their retail partners, they're like, don't worry, you'll get it in two weeks. Mm, mm-hmm. um, that like any longer than two weeks is like a breach of contract or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've been waiting for a physical version, I know some people have been, it's out on Wednesday. And then on Friday, February 24th, Octopath Traveler 2 is released. 
and Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Which, you know, just uh, all of that uh, coupled together with uh, everything that came out on the day of the um, Nintendo Direct and the Theatrhythm Final Bar Line, uh, which came out last week, um, we're in a little bit of like a glut of games that I'm interested in, period, which is bizarre for uh, fe- for February. Yeah, totally. I'm kind of so I have uh, I used a voucher, one of those digital vouchers. On Mark Cur- used a voucher on Kirby's Return He's to Dreamland Deluxe. Uh huh. And so it's downloaded on my Switch. I uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much it speaks to me mm-hmm. because I did not really like Star Allies all that much. Um, but this feels like another one like Star Allies that I maybe would appreciate more with playing with multiplayer sure rather than doing it by myself and possibly that you will appreciate more after we experience kirby mod yeah that is that is also possible yeah because i have i think you would enjoy kirby star allies more after we did kirby Mm, and i would maybe have more of appreciation for some of those allies because i didn't really have context for Mm -hmm. them before so anyways yeah kirby's return to dreamland deluxe half me is like i'm hoping i'm done with metroid prime remastered before that but but that's friday i know it's just not that much time I mean, you, you got a week here mark <laughs> yeah so we'll see say goodbye to president's day it's over yeah that's right um octopath traveler 2 also very interesting um it seems like they've done a lot to address um the like character interactions one of the big things about the first game is that like everyone was sort of on their own each of the eight playable characters was on their own journey and they didn't really interact with each other um but that's a thing they've addressed here um and I don't know, like it's there's like a night and day thing where they characters have different abilities, uh, like different overworld abilities, path abilities, I believe they call them, depending on whether it's night or day. It, the, the first one's a cool game, Mark. I just I, this is this might this may be a case of you need to talk me out of buying this game. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't I, I don't Can know. I that voucher I, this? I don't. Oh, uh, I I don't know. Is this published by Nintendo? The first one, the first one was was as was, but this uh, is stra- but this strategy. is launching on uh, multi right. Uh, platforms, right? Right. So I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess this is being published by Square Enix. I'm going to guess that you are right. Yeah, okay. yeah, you're right. Uh, so no. So I don't think that it is a, a voucher game then. Non voucherable. Hmm. All right. Well. Uh, I, don't know. I I should probably do um, Theatrhythm before I do Octopath Traveler, right? Sure. Advise me, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what to do. Um, all right. Uh, those are the new releases. Let's close this segment out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time. 433 in 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where the performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I'll talk about something not at all Nintendo related the Hus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, today we are going to be discussing the 20 most popular fruits and vegetables in the United States. Um, I'm actually going to turn down this recording of 433. It's noisy. <laughs> it's like we're on Space Mountain or something. It is like we're on Space Mountain or like just in a, a construction An alley? zone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, all right, Mark, you have pulled up this list. Should yes. I, should I also pull it up? I uh, no. Okay, no. so okay. it's from the International <laughs> Fresh, Fresh Produce Association. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, and first, before you pull it up, I think you can pull it up, but first, 
Yeah. Let me ask you, could you even begin to apples. guess what the fruit... No! No. It is not the, not the most popular fruit. Apples is the fourth most popular fruit. Okay. What about vegetables? Have a have a guess. Carrots. No. F- also fourth most popular. Okay. Well, then I'm just going to guess the fourth fourth most popular anything. And you would wait, nail it. Wait. So the, the, these are like separated vegetable and fruit? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so what is the most popular? Broccoli? No. Broccoli is uh, number six. Okay. I... Uh, Number one fruit is bananas. That makes sense. And then number one vegetables is potatoes. Interesting. Yeah. Because I don't really think of it as a vegetable. I don't really think of it as a vegetable either. They, like, culinarily, it's its own thing. Uh-huh. Um, though I did have a veggie burrito this weekend, and it had potato in it. And veg- But that was disappointing. And vegetables are all just roots. No. So, veg- <laughs> so uh, vegetables. There's a lot of noise in this recording of There is, yeah. I don't know that we're using this one again. Um, the uh, There is no botanical definition for vegetable. Okay. Um, oh, right. We talked about this. Right. There's so, a botanical definition for fruit. Right, but not yeah. for vegetables. That's uh, right. The culinarily, uh, there are things that are fruits like cucumbers, uh, the, the, the biologically fruits, um, but culinarily. Number seven, okay. most popular on the list. A fruit or vegetable? A vegetable. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we use it as a vegetable. And some vegetables, yes, are roots, like potatoes, like carrots. Um, but some vegetables, you know, are like asparagus, and that's just like a branch or something. What is asparagus? <laughs> I also, not on that list, not, I'm guessing. Uh, no, not on the list. Oh, wait, it is at number 20, barely squeaking in. Yes. Also, I like that number eight on this list is just salad mix. Mm. It's right. It counts. It's mm. above lettuce. <laughs> okay, so lettuce is on the list. Lettuce is on the list. What about nine. green beans? Uh, green beans is on the list of number 15. Okay. Uh, corn? Corn number 12. Jeez. What? So what's... Uh, the highest I've gotten. Oh, you said potatoes is number one. Number yeah, potatoes okay, is number one. Okay. Tomatoes is number two. Mm. Onions is number three, and carrots is number four. Onions. And then, I should have said onions. And bell peppers is number five. Okay. And then okay. on the fruits, we're talking bananas. Right. Number one, strawberries, grapes. Strawberries are above apples. It doesn't make any sense. To also me above grapes. Are we talking about like by number of fruit? Because like. <laughs> You know, a, a strawberry is not a serving of strawberries. Uh huh. Oh, so you're saying like quantity uh, wise, volume or yeah, or, uh, yeah. Or, or I by see. Unit. I see. Yeah. Um, I actually don't know the methodology. All right, all right. So yeah, it may, not, it may not be a perfect. Uh, the list may not be perfect. That's but, but why would bananas be so high? Well, and I'm gonna guess that it's not like because uh, blueberries is number seven, and that seems that seems ridiculously high. For blueberries? You think so? I, I was going to say that seems reasonable. Hmm. Where where are raspberries? Above blueberries or below? Uh, 14. So oh, below. So way below. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, what, what about, like, the melons? Where are they represented on, rep, represented on the list? Like, a watermelon. Number five. Watermelon number five? Watermelon number five. Watermelon number five. Cantaloupe number 13. Um, okay, Mark, this is the end of this video. There is no applause. Uh, we will not be using this one again. <laughs> uh, we were accompanied today by a compilation video uh, as compiled by Aeon Video. Um, Mark, were there any surprises for you in that list of uh, 20 vegetable fruits and vegetables that, that we didn't get to? Um, it's hard for me to say only because 
I was looking at the list the whole time. Right. And you've since closed the link. <laughs> I've since closed the link. Uh, all right, Mark, let's get into the news. The new season of Splatoon 3 kicks off soon. Uh, fresh season starts March 1st. It will include some new weapons, including a new special weapon called the Kraken Royale, where you turn into a giant squid or octopus. And, like, in the beginning, like, when you're turning into it and when you're turning out of it, Mm -hmm. then you're uh, vulnerable. But while you are the Kraken Royale, you are invincible. That's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool sub-weapon. Yeah, pretty Uh, fun. Um... I'm I'm a little wor I'm like I don't know I, f- I find a kraken to be like I find it to be like kind of creepy, right? Like there's there's like a spooky element. I don't know spooky, but like a violent kind of. There's some imagery here that the kraken summons for me mm-hmm. that I'm made uneasy by the uh, squid kids just using it willy nilly. Oh, uh huh. Well, they get very large. Okay. So maybe you have, like, kraken phobia. I'm not sure what, like, the scientific yeah. term. Hey, please, if you know the scientific term for a... Uh, fear of kraken. Fear of krakens. Uh, please email us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. A new, uh, stage from Splatoon 2 is returning, Manta Maria. And also, it seems like there's an unannounced stage that is set in some sort of ruins uh, that was spotted in the promo materials, but hasn't okay. been officially announced. Um, it is, uh, like, I, I always forget that, um, like, new, new material for Splatoon 3 can just, like, come out as part of, like, the regular, uh, like, seasons and waves and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, that isn't, uh, old content returning. It's just, like, here's n- brand new stuff. Right. Yeah, al- uh, also there are some other changes and updates, including they're increasing the number of items available at one time in a shop. And there's a mysterious jukebox and more stuff like that. But also a mysterious jukebox. Yeah. What is that? I, 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 I think we don't I think we don't know. It just looks like there's a, a jukebox that's going to show up in the middle of Splatsville. Hmm. When can I tell you a story about a mysterious jukebox? Yes. When I was in high school, we uh, got a jukebox for um, the one act play that we were doing my uh, soft, uh, junior year. Um, we were doing Scapino. I don't remember what it's about, um, but it, it was like set in like an Italian cafe, uh, and th- we had this jukebox and. Uh, it was uh, broken. We couldn't control it, so we never plugged it in. And every now and then, not plugged in, this jukebox would play Eric Clapton's After Midnight. We don't know how it did it. Not plugged in? Not plugged in. Ooh, that's creepy. It was very creepy. Um, there are also going to be updates for Salmon Run, which I'm very excited about. So there's a new type of King Salmonid that will start appearing in March. It's the Horroboros. It looks like a dragon and it flies. That's great. What a great name for that. And uh, th- they also announced that the next big run is happening March 4th through March 6th on the Inkblot Art Academy stage. Which, again, the big run is not the Salmonids attacking the town. That's right. They are instead attacking the uh, turf war levels. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is cool in its own right. <laughs> yep. And it's kind of like a, a battle between everybody who is participating in like an individual Salmon Run run trying to collect the most salmon eggs um and you get like a special award if that happens did you participate in the last um, i did i did play a little bit i liked it a lot the music is awesome uh and now that my expectations are in check for what a big run is i think (laughs) i'll be able to appreciate this one more 
There's also a new Salmon Run event that will be happening in April called Extra Work. Players from, uh, like, basically you can form a team with your friends and you play in this new mode, which is a fixed five-wave scenario so it's the same five waves exactly and uh so and you're competing again kind of like big run for the total number of golden eggs uh obtained during the run and depending on if you reach like the top 50 percent the top 20 percent or the top five percent of egg scores you receive a bronze silver or gold um version of like a uh a sticker reward everybody who participates will get a sticker but then there's also these like special versions metallic versions Uh uh-huh it's like trying to get uh like special baseball cards or something. Exactly. But mm-hmm. I'm excited I'm excited to see uh just new stuff being introduced for Salmon Run, which is of course my is my favorite mode. That's why you play in the game. And so uh the more Salmon Run stuff, the merrier. I really just wish that they would add the ability for you to earn you know how uh in Splatoon three you can your like uh splat tag or whatever they call it has you can create like a title for yourself, yeah. like awesome newbie or something like that, based on you get new words as you level up in Turf War. I wish that you could earn them by leveling up in Salmon Run as well. Um, even if what what if it were just you could earn more Salmon Run related titles? That'd be great too. Either way, you're finding new ways to refer to yourself. Also, Wave One of the Sam- of the Splatoon Three expansion pass releases February twenty eighth. Uh, this is the Inkopolis Plaza cosmetic expansion for lack of a better term right so this i'm i am fascinated to see what this actually ends up being not that like at present i i have not purchased the uh the the season pass i don't expect that i will um just because i've been playing uh, splatoon 3 very little um but i want to know if like this is truly all it is is like the the old hub world from the original splatoon or if there's like something more to it that like they didn't want to lean into in the direct or what um it's just such a weird marquee feature for the first wave of dlc when it's a one of two yeah i completely agree um are you planning on uh getting the wave i don't, I don't think getting so. the wave getting the, <laughs> getting the season pass i don't think so at least not right now so i Never played in Splatoon 2. I didn't play Octo Expansion. Right. And then uh, that became free as part of Nintendo Switch Online plus Expansion mm, Pack. Playing the waiting game. And I tried playing it, and it was way too, it was just way too hard for me. And then I in Splatoon 3, I have still have not played the single player. And which so outrageous. Which, Mark. which like, it seems like, I mean, I don't know if the, ex- uh, the expansion, the wave two of the expansion pass for Splatoon 3 is, like, directly related. Side order. Side order. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's directly related to the uh, uh, single player in the main game. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'll probably just wait and see if it eventually gets added to Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I would hope so. That That's a cool, like, you know, they, they obviously did that, like, with the uh, Mario Kart 8 um, uh, D- DLC and the uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons DLC, like, the second they came out. Um, so I, I wonder how much, like, of a pull to do that they, they feel of, like, as soon as something is, you know, D- DLC is available, like, to have it as part of um, the, the expansion pack. O- obviously, this is not the case um, for the Splatoon 3 stuff. But, yeah, it kind of, like... Will, will they ever loop back around to it? Why did they decide in that in in the first place to right. put those two on there? Um, yeah, very very strange, very interesting. 
With the opening of Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood, Shigeru Miyamoto has been doing some interviews with a number of outlets to promote the new theme park land, and uh, which it's kind of rare to hear directly from Miyamoto in interviews. So just a couple of highlights from some of these. Miyamoto has developed a reputation, earned or unearned, uh, it's not really clear, for not liking stories in games Mm -hmm. or not wanting stories in games. And so IGN asked about this, to which Miyamoto responded, quote, It's not that complex stories are unnecessary. That's not what I'm saying at all. Story is one way of explaining the game. I think story is just another way to pull out enjoyment from that experience. Another is to focus on a gameplay experience that gets you to try things over and over again. As I mentioned, story is one way to explain the game, and then that goes well sometimes. And when that goes well, sometimes people take the route of starting with the story. For me, the starting, uh, the starting story is how to make the gameplay fun, and that's how I begin thinking about and creating a game. So again, it's not that story is unnecessary; it's just how I create games. Which is gotta just be what he meant all along long right and like like you said his reputation is that he doesn't like story in games that doesn't mean that he thinks that stories in games are bad right uh even from like the get-go um but yeah like this there's an inter there is an interesting like uh um philosophical dichotomy between like does a game serve an experience or does it serve a story can you have an entertainment experience that isn't based in story um and like what is like what are the different values of these things and like there's obviously a lot of like music that exists wholly outside the realm of story right um but like i don't know kind of beyond that and i guess like a uh, visual art uh, can also like exist outside the realm of story but everything else like we're story maniacs uh, in in the 20th and 21st century, right? Like, um, we grew up with TV. Like, we eat, we devour story. Like, you just think about how weird it is that there's a new 30-minute story on TV, like, every half hour, um, and it's it goes on forever, right? And your, your favorite TV shows tell 200 stories. Um, and so, yeah, that's, we ex- sort of start to expect that stuff from games, but like Nintendo, there are a lot of games that you know that that aren't aren't actually telling stories. But Nintendo is uh, sort of singular in being a studio that routinely puts out games that uh, either really have no story, or like the story is just what like the experience of playing the game is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I always think about. Um, there was some time that Sarah asked me like what I liked about Mario, uh, and I said I like to make him run around and jump and like. That is it. That's all I need from Mario. I don't need a story. I just need to experience his joy of movement. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, you know, we've heard this said in different terms when Nintendo talks about, like, developing games in general, where they, you know, they talk about starting with a gameplay idea. Yes. Like a mechanic, and then finding the fun in that mechanic, and eventually, you know, they will layer a... Um, whether it's the characters that exist or, like, new characters on top of it. Yeah. So, yeah, it just seems like they, as a general philosophy, like, to start with the gameplay mechanic yeah. and then figure out, like, the other pieces kind of, like, fall into place. Yeah, and I think about, I mean, like, do do you have examples, like, in your head of, like, Nintendo video game stories that you, like, value, uh, like, like highly that, that you think are good stories or stories that you like to experience? Not. You're making a face. <laughs> no, I, I just, I because, yeah. I, like, I can't. I, I can't really. Like, there are, I guess, 
because so much of like Zelda games or there are Zelda yeah. games, but and uh, you know, like I I recently have been watching on YouTube because I have played a lot of Metroid games. I like Metroid as a concept, but there's a lot of like the lore of Metroid that I don't understand. Oh yeah, and... once you get to like Prime as well, <laughs> like the the latter Prime games, like get nuts. Out. Well, you know, and I'm like, wait, why? Why was Samus raised by the Chozo? Why does she have like these special right. abilities? Like, yeah. why does she have Chozo DNA? Like all this kind of stuff that I never really understood. And so on YouTube, there's been like these, you know, Metroid lore explainer videos that I've been watching here and there, and it's like, oh, okay, like I get it. Like I get why Ridley is this big pterodactyl looking thing. Um, and th- that one has no explanation. He's just a space dragon. Right. Like, that's just the form that Ridley takes. But, um, yeah, so, but none of that is, like, really, uh, memorably told in the game. You right. compare that to right. something like, uh, uh, The Last of Us or something like that, right? It's, Nintendo games are more about, like, experiential storytelling, and there is story there a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, it's, you know, told in, like, details that add up to a whole but there's not like a lot of cutscenes or anything like that right. that are really yeah. like and here's what happened next sort of stuff so no i can't really think of you know like a nintendo story as told in a game yeah that really moved me other like i, I mean there's kind of like the side stuff with uh rosalina in the first yeah the rosalina storybook mario is, galaxy is, is, stuff. A, is a good pull i always but it's go not back. really like a game story it's like no, a story yeah, within a game it's clearly like on the side yeah um, I mean, I, I always think about the the story at like towards the end of Super Metroid as you like encounter the the baby Metroid, which is now huge. How it attacks you, um, and like the way that you experience that is largely through gameplay. You are in control for for most of that, um, and I I love the way that that plays out. But I mostly love the way that it plays out largely in an interactive sense. That like it's not a a cut scene where they just like tell story at you. That's for me when Nintendo starts to stumble is when they're like, oh, we need to do this. So now, you know, Mario's going to be tried for his crimes and he's going to go to jail um, on Delfino Island or whatever. Um, that That's the stuff that doesn't really speak to me. Um, which, but it is interesting, like, to, uh, to consider the, like, the Zelda of it all. Because, like, Zelda games are telling stories. And, I mean, there are so many, I guess, like, exceptions. The, the Fire Emblem games, there are Earthbound games, you know, all, all, all that stuff. But just sort of, like, thinking of, like, the uh, Nintendo flagship games that, like, Zelda is the most uh, reliant on the stories that they have to tell. And I, like, when it gets into, like, uh, dialogue-heavy parts of a Zelda game, that's where I'm least engaged. I would say the one exception for me, I think that is definitely true, the one exception for me is Skyward Sword. I actually think Skyward yeah, Sword has a really compelling story. It's true. Um, and, like, fleshed and, out, fun, good characters. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I agree with you. I think it's not, like, a hard rule. Where there, and I think that's kind of what Miyamoto's saying, right? It's yeah. not a hard rule, like, no stories in games. They don't hate stories in games. <laughs> it's just not how he personally approaches right. game development. And so, obviously, a lot of that has seeped into Nintendo's, like, culture. Right, right, right. Um, GameSpot has, has an interview with both Miyamoto and Shinya Takahashi, who we most recently saw as the host of the February Nintendo Direct. Uh, there are two quotes here about Nintendo's general philosophy towards games and technology that I thought were interesting. Uh, one from Miyamoto where he says, quote, For Nintendo, the idea of games is something that brings the family together in the living room uh, and interact and act, as mentioned, like a connective tissue. 
Okay, which uh, it feels very much in line with like the sort of Wii era um, philosophy on gaming of like get everyone around the couch and, and playing together. Um, still kind of true and in the DNA of like the Switch, um, but that does like that sounds like a sort of like outmoded um, Nintendo philosophy. I feel like we, I think they are changing. And I've, you know, we see more games with online mm -hmm. co-op and all that kind of stuff. But um, I like that Nintendo continues, because I like couch co-op. I think that's a fun experience. And uh, so I like that Nintendo continues to be, like, a standard bearer for yeah, that. Yeah, totally. And, um, and a big advocate for it. The context of this quote is that he's talking about, like, you know, we see something, we see games as something that brings the family together in like the living room to interact but xbox sees it as something that tears the family <laughs> apart but like oh super nintendo world is a way to like bring that out into like ah, the real sure. world yeah that was the context of that and then uh takahashi says uh they're asked about like uh technology mm -hmm. and like the cutting edge and takahashi says i really don't consider us a cutting edge company that's something for tech people for programmers and whatnot to aspire to we as a company want to take technology available to us and implement it in games in a way that is easy to use and easy to understand. Which is, a, you know, an, an admirable uh, take. I do, anytime that there is, like, some sort of, like, cutting-edge uh, technological thing happening at Nintendo, the results are always cool. Like, you know, you think about, um, like, the the Star Fox team and, like, you know, making this the 3D flight game before that was like a reality on home consoles. You think about Metroid Prime, right? And like retro really like pushing the GameCube to like do things that uh, no one thought the GameCube could do. Um, and it's just like whenever, whenever that does like the cutting edge technology meets um, the rest of this like Nintendo philosophy, that's when like really, really neat stuff happens. Um, not to say that neat stuff doesn't happen when, uh, you know, they're, they're making Super Mario Odyssey and I'm sure the technology there is like kind of impressive, but it's mostly just that the game design is perfect. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, there, there's, there's a part of like my heart that aches at, at that statement where I'm like, Oh, I wish you could do both. Oh, I wish you could do both. Uh, well, and I would say that I, I read that statement kind of like the statement about story. Where it's where I don't think that they are like adamantly opposed to doing anything mm -hmm, cutting edge. Mm -hmm. I think that they're looking for like the application of that technology and how to yeah. make it um, approachable and fun for everybody. I also think that at this point, you know, uh, after the GameCube era and Nintendo decided to kind of go a different way from the rest of the industry, that that has been so long ago at this point, almost you know, like probably at least close to 20 years since that decision was made right. that that has probably really also seeped into nintendo culture and that it is in some way a conscious choice not to be chasing like the latest and greatest anymore yeah so there you have it nintendo are a bunch of story hating <laughs> <laughs> also nintendo asked about why ign asked. oh sorry thank you ign asked about why there isn't a mario game tied to the theme park uh opening or upcoming movie and Miyamoto basically said that they're always working on Mario and they'll talk about it when they're good and ready. Right. I mean, also it's funny that like that, that question is like, Hey, why is there no game tied to the theme park? 
and the movie. And it's like, well, maybe the theme park is tied into the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh -huh. That like these ideas are like living and supporting each other. And again, if you want to play a Mario game on the Switch, there are like thirty of them. Um, many of them that you can play with your uh, Nintendo Switch Online subscription for free. But also, it's a fair question. It's been a, since 2017 since we saw a new Mario game, True. which is a uh, a new like Mario platformer, which feels like a long time. Outside of Bowser's Fury, which kind of counts, which kind it does, it does kind of kinda count, kind of count, kind of counts. Um, I like that game a lot. Um, the weirdest to me that it's, mm, I, I'm gonna say it's been a very long time since the last 2D Mario game, um, excepting of course uh, Mario Maker 2. Right, which I oh yeah, I did have it had like it levels, had its own it had campaign, like a story yeah. mode. But I agree, it doesn't. It like maybe half counts, but I feel like it like counts less than Bowser's Fury does. Oh, interesting. We should do a ranking of what counts <laughs> as a new Mario game since the release of Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> That's right. I think it'll be a short ranking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. It'll be like Strikers. Does that count? Uh -huh. Bottom of the list. Uh, the Nintendo 3DS eShop is, of course, shutting down to new purchases late next month. And uh, But Nintendo has further clarified that if you're using its consolidation service that they offer to merge your 3DS account with your Switch account, um, that will be going away in March 2024. So basically, mm -hmm. if you have credit in the 3DS eShop, when the eShop closes to new downloads in late March 2023... Uh, you still have one year to combine your accounts and have that money be spendable on Switch. So for one one year, you have that time. And also, just a a, a point of clarification: it's not just downloads; it's purchases. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, the 3ds eShop closes to new purchases at right. the end of March. Which sounds like I'm being pedantic, but it's an important distinction. <laughs> right, because if you had previously purchased something, right. you'll be able to download it from the 3DS uh, eShop for the foreseeable future. Um, so I do think that there is still... I'm, I'm glad that uh, there's that year grace period where you, where you can do that. I think this process is intuitive, right, of, of merging your accounts. I haven't done it. My accounts have been merged for as long as I've owned the Switch. Mm -hmm. um, so, And I don't know how I did that. Um, it may have been something that I lucked into making the right choices in the right order. Mark, I, I'm about to share something with you that uh, may be devastating. I'm not sure um, because Sarah and I haven't talked about it yet. I think my island is trapped on my old Switch. What? So here's, it's there. The uh -huh. island is on the old Switch. I visited it on the old Switch. And I did, like, the backup. But I can't – I'm reading the instructions on, like, how to restore your um, your island. And it's like, this is really only for, like, if your Switch gets destroyed or something. And I was like, okay, great. Uh, and then, like, I try to do this transfer, and it doesn't work. Oh. So I think my island, my Animal Crossing island, I guess still is on that Switch. And as long as I don't get rid of it, it's, it's there. Um, but, like, I don't know. This makes me I'm, – I'm a little worried. Yeah, that's weird. About I, the status of this island. So, so do you... This island has Cookie the dog on it. <laughs> and Sherb! <laughs> do you think that you needed to transfer it when you were setting up your OLED? I don't know. Because that feels like the only like ver possible variable. So the first time you start Animal Crossing, right, um, you it takes you to like a little kiosk with Timmy and Tommy Nook. They're going to like settle you on on, on the new island, right? Um, 
and you can be like, oh, no, 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 I've, I've played this game before. Um, and they're like, oh, are you moving here? And I'm like, no, that's not really what I want. I don't want to move to a new island. I don't want to take my user profile and like transfer it over to this new island. I want to back up this island and put it here. And like, that's, I don't, I don't know how to do it. That, that has to, this has to be, it feels like, it feels like. I Googled it. I know. It just feels like it must be a solvable problem. It seems like it must be a solvable problem. I would think that it would be an easier problem to solve. And I understand they don't want people to just like split an island and like, you know, whatever dumb Nintendo garbage that they, they don't want you to do. But like. Um, being able to carry over your persistent world that you've nurtured for years, um, it seems like that should be easy. Yeah, it does. Or at least easy, like, apparent. Yes. Like, how to do it. Right. If it is possible. Because I'm not... It must be possible. I'm not dumb. Right? <laughs> I should, no, you're not dumb. I should be... I you remembered that quote from Titanic. I sure did, Mark. I'm taking that as an insult, by the way. Finally, last week we talked about the Pokemon Company having a presence at PAX East in March. Um, Nintendo has also been confirmed to be attending the show. Hmm. So we still don't have any idea what either company will be showing off. But it's not that far away. PAX East runs March 23rd through 26th in Boston. Uh, I was going to throw out like a joke, uh, like ultimate Pokemon prediction thing. Like, I don't even know what that would be anymore. Is there like a a go-to like... I don't know, Pokemon Yellow 2? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We must be getting close to the uh, DS games being remade. Is that true? I do, I, Mark, you know I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, should, I shouldn't have even thrown it out there because I don't have any idea either. <laughs> Pokemon Snap 3? <laughs> what are they going to do a Pokemon versus Digimon game? That's what I want to know. Ooh, there we go. That's a terrible pitch. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's close out the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers, Mark's at MKA Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Get in our Discord if you're not already there. Um, uh, email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. We will send you an invitation. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening.